Welcome, welcome, welcome to 251 Talk Radio. This is Pro Pittman, and we are doing our Monday Night Raw review for November 14th. How is everyone doing out there? Hope you guys have had a great weekend. It is Tuesday here in Southern Wisconsin. Cold and snowy. The snow is here officially. My five-year-old is ecstatic. Gloves and hoodies, hats, scullies, all the scullies. Currently rocking a Harry Potter scully myself right now. But I digress. It is time for WPWS. Pro's Pro Wrestling Show here on 251 Talk Radio. We're going to be reviewing today, Monday Night Raw from November 14th, WWE's flagship show, the longest running episodic TV show in history, right? Who am I to be talking about wrestling, first and foremost? Well, I'm a lifelong wrestling fan, 30 plus years um, watching professional wrestling starting back in the early 90s with the Ultimate Warrior and Hulk Hogan days is one of my first memories of life is a wrestling buddy. If you know what that is, it's one of the first things I remember about being alive, period, is wrestling buddies. Um, It's literally my first life memory. (laughs) Uh, You know, I've been watching wrestling my entire life. We all had our, you know, brief intermissions, you know, around the the invasion of, storyline right i would say that 2001 around the time where a lot of people i know fell off and some came back some didn't come back i came back in 2009 10 11 around that time slowly but surely um and did extensive research on everything i missed in the ruthless aggression era um but uh definitely has been a staple of my life forever uh no question and um am very happy with the state of professional wrestling right now i was definitely watching back during the attitude era was my main time uh being a kid not knowing we were watching some of the you know greatest stars ever of our time um huge fan of what aew was doing critical as well but still a huge fan i was a fan of WCW back in the day as well. I loved, uh, you know, the NWO, Diamond Dallas Page, um, the Radicals, you know, um, so many awesome things that happened during the 90s in WCW as well, during the Nitro era. I had the video games. (laughs) That will be another conversation. (laughs) We're talking about the WCW video games of the late 90s. Um, uh, Definitely am a huge fan of New Japan Pro Wrestling. I have a version four IWGP World Heavyweight Championship here, um, which is one of my prized possessions, amongst other things, and amongst seven other world championships I have here at my home. Um, I can go on for days on my wrestling pedigree. You know, it's not about um, the lack of per se experience in a field. It's about the knowledge of the field, which I feel, uh, you know, helps and gives me time to process my thoughts and my opinions on this great sport of professional wrestling. So with that being said, I hope you guys are having a great one. Once again, it's the 251 Talk Radio, Pro's Pro Wrestling Show, review for November 14th. 
We are outside. Oh, watch out. Watch out. So, overall, I think Raw was a good show. Wasn't bad. Um, let me preface too. I watched the hour and a half version of Raw because I watch it on Hulu the next day. I can't commit to watching Raw live every week. I do watch SmackDown live sometimes as well as Dynamite, but Raw, I can't commit to the whole three hours sometimes. Maybe I will eventually if that becomes an issue. But I go off of what WWE shows me on their hour and a half show. So if they tell me it's not important to watch, if they tell me it's not important to look at, then I'm not going to look at it. And that's how they do their hour and a half shows. Um, but for these reviews, we'll be reviewing the major segments on the show. I will be going over major wrestling news, things of that nature. Um, and anything else pertaining to pro wrestling. Um, if you are listening, you will see that we were reviewing and recording live here on the Stereo app. Make sure you download that on your Google Play and your Apple stores. Um, this will give you the opportunity to leave me messages live while we're recording, which at the end of the show, or depending, I will listen to live and respond to. Um, but definitely, we are going to keep rolling with the show. Um, if you are listening to this on Spotify or YouTube or Facebook, TikTok, Clapper, Twitter, wherever you are, welcome to the 251 Talk Radio family. I am Pro Pittman. We do men's mental health. We do nothing but nostalgia. We do professional wrestling um, reviews for AEW and WWE. Um, you can also catch me on Rashad Radio broadcast, The House of Hip Hop. Here on Stereo and Spotify as well. Shouts out to Rashad Radio, my brother. Um, but we are going to go ahead and get into the program. Like I said, overall, great show. You know, Triple H is definitely doing what he has to do to slowly turn around some of these mistakes that Vince made and some of these things that Vince put together that just didn't work. You know, the Bruce Pritchard, Vince McMahon era has to come to an end when it comes to creative. Um, but let's get into it. So Seth Rollins opens the show dress, dress as always. <laughs> what has it been like? Has it been a year? I think it's been about six months that Seth has been doing these outfits, these crazy fits he puts together. His wardrobe budget must be crazy, but you know, you got to look the part. He is a visionary. He is a revolutionary. He's Seth freaking Rollins. Uh, that recap what happened last week with Austin Theory's um, failed cash-in. Jeez. Um, you know, I would get into uh, the whole Austin Theory thing, but this episode of Raw, they made a huge turn for Austin, and I think that they're trying to fix a lot of the mistakes that Vince made. So I'll save my criticism, you know, until we get done with the show. Um. When Seth comes out to me, the whole, the whole, you know, his, his blonde hair. I wish he would have just did half the blonde hair. You know, the 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 full blonde doesn't look. If you want to go back to it, do the half blonde hair, like the Shield. You know, Sierra Hotel Echo India Delta Shield. You feel me? So um, he comes out. Uh, he starts to talk about what happened last week. The crowd goes into a that was stupid chant. That was stupid. That was stupid. We get from the crowd. <laughs> Referring to Austin Theory. 
than what he did in his uh, last week. Um, he announces that Finn will be his next challenger. You know, he's going to have to deal with Finn Balor next, which will be the main event tonight on Monday Night Raw. Um, he gets interrupted by none other than Bobby Lashley. A dun 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 dun. A dun 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 dun. Hold on. A dun 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 dun. Okay. I'm sorry. Took me a while to realize that Bobby Lashley has a banger for an intro. I'm huge into theme music. I am a musician myself, recording artist, professional um, performer. I perform 50, 60 times a year. So, uh, you know, 40 to 50, but sometimes 60, depending. Um, and I love wrestling theme music. It's one of my favorite parts about wrestling, right? The entrance, the theme music, you know? And Bobby Lashley's theme music slaps. Seth Rollins brings up his loss to Brock Lesnar, tells him that's why he's salty, you know? You mad because Brock whooped you at, uh, what, first day one, but that's back earlier this year, but now at Crown Jewel. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> Mustafa Ali comes out with a referee, but there's no money in the bank. What do you have a ref for, Mustafa? You're just going to run in there and be like, hey, I'm having a match. Everyone can book a match. Who is the GM? of this show everyone can book matches it seems um Mustafa rushes in and gets tossed out immediately by Bobby Lashley tossed out jumps back in tossed out again Bobby Lashley is not playing with Mustafa Ali or Mustafa it's different every time Bobby on the microphone talking to Mustafa and just doesn't sound good. You know, they're going to have a match and Bobby on the mic isn't horrible. You see, he's trying and, you know, it can't be easy to always be, you know, <laughs> perfect, you know, in your, in, in, in your speaking and be a, a linguist every single time you grab the microphone and no, not everybody is MJF on the mic, right? Oh, but Bobby. He needs MJF, uh, sorry, uh, MVP back, excuse me, which it did seem like they were hinting at the Hurt Locker coming back, but we'll see. Um, eesh. The match starts, Bobby Lashley versus Mustafa Ali. Ali keeps jumping on Bobby's back. It's weird. Like He kept jumping on his back. Like, bro, that's not, it makes you look like a little boy, like a peon, and Bobby could just huh, whip you over. You know what I'm saying? And judo toss your ass. But yet he keeps jumping on Bobby's back. Um, Bobby runs, takes him out. They end up outside. He beals him like Keith Lee over the announce table. Uh, you know, it turns into an I quit match. He tells the referee, <laughs> you know, basically to tell him to quit. The ref keeps asking him, I can stop this if you need me to, Ali. You know. He doesn't stop it. The match continues. Two big choke slams later. <laughs> the crowd screams to the heel one more time. <laughs> uh, 2022 crowds are so funny. Um, well, I guess Mustafa's not really a face really either. Right? I mean, the, the way they've been treating Bobby's, he's like almost like Big Show, but that's a whole other story. Um. Ali reverses the spear, 
you know, hits him with a nice uh, DDT off the top ropes. You know, good job, Musa. It was really good. Um, and then Bobby Lashley comes with a spear from hell, not a clothesline from hell, a spear from hell. Remember on SmackDown back in the day where they eventually put the, the, the twist in there? I'm talking about SmackDown video game back in the day where you know how when Bradshaw would hit someone with that clothesline, he would eventually spin your ass. He would flip, right? Phone him. And I love that that became part of the clothesline from hell. So the spear from hell, which made Mustafa flip like it was a clothesline, which I, you don't see a lot. Hurt lock. Mustafa basically um, passes out. He won't tap. The match is over. Bobby Lashley is your winner. Um, overall, not a bad match. Uh, it served its purpose for what it was meant to do. And on to the next segment. Um, you get Judgment Day backstage, and they have me again with them. Their new problem solver, Korea Ripley. <laughs> oh boy, Gallows uh, says he was the one that got me again in the OC because he has a way with women. <laughs> uh, okay, um, AJ and Finn. You know, AJ basically he. Uh, Challenges Finn Balor for a match at Survivor Series, which should be amazing. With the idea that they have been slowly but surely um, speaking about the the real connection with them, them being former Bullet Club leaders, started with Finn Balor, who left to come to NXT, and then AJ Styles became the leader of Bullet Club, won the IWGP Championship. He left. Uh, came in WWE, and then Kenny Omega became the leader of Bullet Club and had that amazing series of matches with Okada. Um, they have Mia Yim there with him. They talk about how she is the, you know, the new problem solver, how they're going to take care of Mia. I'm sorry, um, Rhea Ripley. And they tell her, they tell us she is Mishin. Michin is crazy in Korean, which I think is cool. My daughter is part Korean. My fiance is Korean. So the more Korean, the more culture I can learn, the better. She's Michin. I'm going to start telling my fiance that. Um, War Games. They have Survivor Series War Games. The main song is War Pigs by Black Sabbath. Adana! Generals gathered in their masses. Adana! Which is my eyes. Is one of, you know, obviously, Black Sabbath's great songs. You gotta wait to the end of the song to get to the best part, if you ask me. Shout out to Tony Iommi. Yes, Black Sabbath has loaned WWE War Pigs for their official War Games Survivor Series song, which I think is kick-ass. We get Mia Yim versus Tamina. Next, Rhea comes out with Dominic. You know, they just come out right away to go, hey, we're out here. We're going we're gonna to cause distractions. Um, 
Mia Yim hit Tamina with one of those. Oh, no, other way around. Tamina hit Mia Yim with one of those Tony Storm butt splashes, which just looks brutal every time, especially when Tony does it. God damn, they have the camera right there. Boom. That's just wrestling magic, how they make that work, right? Um, Splash from Tamina misses, you know, poor Tamina. They bump into each other a little bit. It it seems like they're trying to figure out what's going on. It doesn't look good. It's not uh, the best match by Mia Yim and Tamina Snooker. Damage control is so in the back watching. They're not standing in that weird position. They're actually all looking at the TV. Um, Mia wins with a leg drop. Fate that you know that move where they spin around, and hold your hand, and who will fall on their back and hope they leg up and your leg, your face goes into the leg. I'm not sure what they call it, but she won with that move, which I believe is her finisher. Poor Tamina. Mm. Was it? Is this Tamina's fault that she never got pushed properly? Is she just not? Does she not have the charisma? I mean, they tried with the whole twenty four seven title thing with her and Sawa and everything. I mean, mid card bullshit, but. Tamina, you know, she deserves better. Rhea, you know, comes down to Mia uh, in the ring, and Mia's giving her the whole, come on, I'm here to fuck you up, basically. You know what I'm saying? Rhea fakes getting in the ring. Ah, I'm not going to do it. Classic heel. Rhea looks great right now. She says, I'm, I'm just in your head. I'm not ready to get in the ring. Her and Dominic. They disappear into the back. In the back, we see Damage Control inviting Mia to join in for war games. They're like, yo, listen, we need your help. I know you don't fuck with them. Come come be on our side. Mia says, actually, I don't really got a problem with Bianca and them. Take my phone in. <laughs> I'm cool with them. She denies, and the OC pulls up with the bruise. They have a bucket of, looks like Budweiser's, on ice. They're about to turn up backstage because their work is done for the evening, apparently. Um, Or when you see them later on, they're drunk now. I don't know. But they had a lot of beer. Turn up. Oh, the next segment I've got. Uh, oh, Lord. Miss TV. Oh, I've never been a fan of Miss TV, per se. It's been it's hard to be a fan of the Miss, period. I mean, I respect him for what he does, for following his dream. I watched The Real World back in the day. When he, when he was on there. And it's so cool seeing him turn it into what that is. It's very true. But Ms. TV has always just been so hard for me to watch. I just don't really care. No one wants to see Ms. on their TV. Um, I'd much rather watch Byron Saxon TV. <laughs> Byron Saxon was out there going to interview. Well, I guess do the part of The Miz on Miz TV and interview The Miz. Hmm. The Miz said he has prepared a statement. He asked for silence as the crowd immediately boos. Of course, right? He didn't hit him with the when my mouth go, when my hand goes up, your mouth goes shut, but he did tell them, you know, can you please be quiet? He's prepared a statement. <laughs> Uh, at this point, I wrote down, Miz is great. I lied. <laughs> the cardigan, the glasses. This is great. The, come on, the cardigan. It was just so over the top. But it was actually pretty good. He goes on. Cuts the promo. 18 years I've been here. No love. 
not a pat on the back. You know, Dexter keeps taking and taking, and Miz had to stop it, he said. He told the investigators that what they wanted to hear. He had to spin the truth. In reality, I'm just a devoted father, a loving husband, <laughs> and depressed, he says. Then we get Johnny Gargano, which the best thing about him is his theme song. Uh, this rebel heart, this re that shit's hard. I like that shit. You know, I like when dudes use chicks in their theme songs. You don't see that a lot. It's cool. <clears throat> but Johnny Gargano, since he come back, it's just been boring. Has he wrestled maybe once or twice since he come back? Oh my god. Um, he comes out. I just wish he would just wrestle. He says the Miz is always taking the easy way out. Byron tries to mediate in the middle of this. He does what Tony Schiavone does not do. Tony disappears into the background once he interviews someone and they just take the mic from him. Byron tries. Um, you know, I would tell Jim Cornette that Johnny does not have the same face as he calls him Johnny Fate, same face. He has multiple faces and multiple emotions, but they all suck. Hmm. He calls Ms. Mr. Rogers. Ms. says, I'm a good guy. I'm a good guy. You know, and then uh, he says, I think we're ready to move on from this. Yes, Ms. We are. We are ready to move on. Johnny says, Ms. versus Dexter Loomis will be the match at Survivor Series. <laughs> For the payment that Ms. owes Dexter. And if Dexter loses, he doesn't get the money. If Dexter wins, he gets the money and he becomes all elite. <laughs> I mean, all WWE. <laughs> he will get a contract because apparently he's like Wardlow and he's not on contract. He's just there working for the Miz, apparently. Men says, Miz says he will do it and ends by telling Johnny that it will be awesome. He says, tell him yourself, Miz, and the master of disguise, Dexter Loomis, was a cameraman. If you've been to a live WWE or AEW show, you see that the cameraman wear all black, thugging, black ones, <laughs> you know, kick those, all that. They were all black. They were a poo shiesty mask on their face, all black in front of them. You can't see them because all you see is a floating camera. It's smart. So it could have been Dexter Loomis. He takes off the all black, puts down the camera, and it's Dexter Loomis. Miz runs out. Johnny and Dexter stand in the ring as Miz goes, I'll get you. And Johnny puts the cardigan on. <laughs> <sighs> Wasn't a bad Miz TV, but I just want to fast forward them. I used to fast forward through some of this shit. I would fast forward through a Ronda Rousey, uh, Ronda Rousey promo in a second. But I will watch this for you. And I will suffer through this for you guys. And we'll talk about it together. Um, once again, it's 251 Talk Radio. I am Pro Pittman on Pro's Pro Wrestling Show. Reviewing Raw for November 14th. Kathy Kelly introduces, excuse me. Kathy Kelly interviews Theory next in the back. Theory says, no one understands me. No one understands the pressure. 
no idea what the full story is. I'm like, okay, theory, talk that shit. He getting ready, you know, to, to go into the story. I'm all ears. He says the briefcase was an anchor. He breaks down his different tries at cashing in. Brock Lesnar did this. Tyson Fury did that. You know, it's impossible to cash in on Roman Reigns because of the Usos, because of the bloodline. Solo, Sammy. It's too much. Makes a good point. Um, so he said he decided it would make more sense to cash it in on one of the greatest champions in current history, Seth freaking Rollins. He was telling it like it was. You know, I was actually all right. There he talked that shit. He got the beard coming. Okay, get the beard. Let's go. You know, beard gang. He was telling it like it was. Then Dolph Ziggler interrupted. Dolph says, I'm sorry you had the worst cash in because I was there for the best. In my opinion, he's right. He had the best cash in ever. Sorry, Seth. Only WrestleMania one was cool, but Dolph Ziggler had the best, best, best cash in of all time. Monday Night Raw after WrestleMania against, you know, Alberto Del Rio. Dolph Ziggler, you peril. Oh, I miss Alberto Del Rio. I miss him. He was awesome. He had the awesome theme music, the gold, the little sparks coming down. He came out in the car. Come on, bro. But I heard he was an asshole and he was getting page fucked up and, you know, but I digress. <clears throat> um, he says that you can deal with me now. Austin said he's tired of being next. He's tired of being the youngest ever. He ain't no damn kid no more. Austin Theory is not a kid. I am not a kid anymore. And challenges Ziggler for a match. <sighs> Can Corey Graves do commentary by himself? I just, please, I, I just, I'm going to leave it at that. Ugh. I know you're trying, bro, but it just, just doesn't sound, just, just doesn't work yet. <sighs> Anyways, there was a War Games commercial, and it was lit. It was all right. Told the rules, shows highlights from former War Games, which all they showed was the NXT War Games. They didn't show any of the old WCW War Games, which they could have. They have the the footage, you know, they own it, but they only showed kick-ass footage from NXT ones, which looked raw. Ricochet doing the double front flips off the joint, you know, yeah. It's going to be, they're going to be outside. Again, War Pigs sounded great on WWE TV. Next. EO comes out to face Dana Brooke. <laughs> Nikki. Oh, Nikki Cross. How happy I am that you are back. She's looking so funny, looking up in the sky and shit, doing the crazy Nikki Cross thing. I love it. I think Dakota Kai looks weird with her braids. <laughs> Who did your braids? Yo, I know a chick over there on 44th, on 57th, who can whip you up real right. Real time. Because I'm George. I don't know who did them. Bailey's hair look good. I don't know. Dakota did her own braids. Um, I swear Dana Brooke looks like she was two different people during this WWE run. And I, I don't know if it was her hitting the gym extensively. Because she was short, thick, before. Now she's tall and slim. But I swear her face looked different. 
did Dana Brooke cut her face? I don't know. I wasn't excited to watch this match in the beginning. The crowd was dead. You know? Um, but throughout it all, I realized, yo, EO is really good. She got swag. She has stage presence. She knows what she's doing when she's up there. She has a nice move set. I was very impressed at really watching EO do her thing. Dana Brooke hit a great DDT on her. You know? And then I'm realizing, yo, this match is not bad. I start to, you know, I'm like, hold on. Okay. Okay. This is a match match. You know, I'm watching. Um, Dana comes, jumps into EO, who catches her and hits her with a kick-ass German suplex. Everyone loves a good German. I don't know. My fiance is German. <laughs> uh, if you listen to this whole podcast, you've heard me speak about her Korean descent as well. She is Korean and German. Yes. She's a tough one. And she's awesome. So, EO wins with a moon salt. Over the moon salt, they call it. And I'm like, EO Sky, let's go. EO is not bad. I fuck with her. I didn't get to see her when she was EO Sharon, but thank you, Bailey, for bringing them back and putting EO on our screen. Thank you, Triple H. This is great. Not a bad match. Mia comes out and says she's picked a side, though. And Bianca comes out twirling her hair. I'm on my own. Uh, I guess the wall. The miss is coming. I will never fall. Yo, who who didn't she need at all? I played WWE 2K22 when the song's on. I'm like, I never needed you. I'm like, who didn't she need? Like, was this some dude that, who wrote that theme song? Whatever. I love Bianca, though. Don't get me wrong. Alexa Bliss, one of my favorite women in wrestling, comes out playing the side fiddle, looking amazing. She's awesome. But they're waiting. I do believe that Alexa and Bliss, uh, sorry, Alexa and Bray are going to reunite in some fashion. And uh, But I hope there will be no return of Lily or any fun houses or any fireflies. Lightning bugs, as we call them out here in the Midwest. Um. I think Oscar deserves better as well. Alexa and Oscar. They're awesome. But it is war. It's time for war games. Austin Theory comes to the ring and he's waiting for Dolph Ziggler. No phone. No selfies. Yo, put an iPhone up, he said. Dolph Ziggler comes back. Excuse me. Austin Theory is waiting for Dolph Ziggler, and Dolph Ziggler comes out. And it makes you wonder what happened to Dolph Ziggler? Whose fault was it that it never happened? That he never got, I mean, he was world champion, you know, but is that, you know, he never got that true push. He was never the champion he deserved to be. For a long time, I'd said that Dolph Ziggler was the best seller in the game. No question. Not overseller, just the bestseller, period, you know? Um, but yeah, he comes out, you know? They look like they are tag team partners because they are both rocking 
some form of camo. I know Austin's was like a lighter camo, but it did seem like camo. Like they both were, I couldn't, like they were just feuding partners. Jeez, those side post throws, right? Pow! Every time they hit the side post, especially because they're like this, that plastic because of the LED, it just makes this thump, and I love it. As opposed to AEW, where it's like, yeesh, it's like a bing, damn near, because they have the corner posts, as they make sure you know. These posts are dangerous. They work a match, a good match. Um, the rag bomb look good. I'm like, all right, you know, do your thing, theory, you know. Dolph locks in a sleeper. I love it. They work the sleeper. Dolph hits a famouser for a two count. Ziggler gets thrown to the post again and again. Thwack, thwack. Austin Theory tells him he is not a kid. Austin Theory is not a kid, guys. Remember this. Dolph Ziggler hits a zigzag for a two count. We get a this is awesome chant. This is awesome. This is awesome. It was a good match. Austin Theory cleans him with the elbow and hits him with the A-Town down. Hate that name for that move. Then looks at him menacingly. He is not a kid anymore. Does it again. A-Town down. Waits. Foams at the mouth. Spits. Then hits him with the mounted punches. Theory is now a super heel. Almost flips over the stairs and hits Dolph Ziggler in the face. Dolph sells it well anyways. He's outside now, whooping his ass, going crazy, throwing him here, throwing him there. The ref isn't counting. I'm like, what the ref? What are you doing? He just, he's not counting. He's just, he's just, he's just watching it. Come on, get, come on, get back in the ring. Come on, guys. Count, ref. Then he just DQs him on the outside as theory goes crazy. Just DQs and DQs and DQs. But why didn't you count him out? He just DQ'd and DQ'd and you're a DQ. DQs Austin. Everyone runs out to stop it. They run out to save what's left of Dolph Ziegler. In my uh, Puerto de Rio voice. Adam Pierce, everyone comes out. Austin Theory walks up the ramp. I ain't no damn kid, he says. I ain't no damn kid. Ain't nobody on my level. All right, there. I'm with you, G. All right, you going? Okay. He's going crazy. Remember, he is from the ATL. Hmm. <sighs> Damage control. So, Rhea Ripley decides she is going to go to war with damage control in a backstage segment as Nikki is up on a crate. <laughs> They're really playing up this crazy Nikki Cross thing. I mean, was she that crazy when she was um, in NXT? Like that, that crazy when she was with Insanity? I think that was the name of the group, right? I know she was, you know, she used to run back and forth. And bounce off the ropes during the entrance, which I love, especially the shot they would get of all the other members standing there and hers going back and forth. It was great. She hasn't done that yet. Please, WWE, please, Dickie Cross, bounce off the ropes again. 
she says that she, Forrest, Rhea, is going to join Damage Control. We get an interview with Bianca Belair's team. They're back there chilling. Alexa, Asuka, and Bianca, and Mia now, who has joined the squad. And they asked them about, are you afraid now that Rhea has joined Damage Control's War Games team for Survivor Series? She says, no. Uh-uh. You know how they be having me. <laughs> I love you, Queen, but oh, Lord. They be there. If that's her catchphrase, uh-uh. I know the EST thing is too, but I think that's weird and lame. But, you know, great. She ends with, the other girls are about games, but we're about war. <laughs> so, War Games is almost set on that side. We still have one member on each side if they will do the five-on-five. Five. Finn Balor accepts and says, of course, he is down for the one-on-one -on -one with AJ. Told AJ to ask about him. I'm throwing him grave. You better ask about me. Fuck, like, I'm with this shit. I do this. I'm Finn Balor, and I'm finna go out there and win the U.S. title. In our main event of the evening, Seth Rollins versus Finn Balor. I love Seth. Seth is great. Seth's been doing his thing. Besides the whole cackling, the whole Joker shit, I love Seth. Seth is awesome. Um, fucking Finn Balor. Great. Finn, if you know his history, obviously has been amazing for so long. So, so, so long. Finn's new entrance. What do you guys think? I listen and I realize it's the same key as his other song. It's just a, like a cool hip-hop version. Whoever did the damage control beat the same thing for Finn Balor. But come on. Tell me Finn Balor's entrance wasn't one of the best entrances in WWE history. I'm talking about some da 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 I mean, come on, right? I remember when WWE put the crowd doing that motion in the video game. I tweet, phone them grave. Finn Balor comes out, new music, new entrance. Announcers speak about their 2016 match when Seth Rollins injured Finn Balor with the buckle bomb into the barricade, which dislocated Finn's shoulder. And Finn had to relinquish the WWE Universal Championship, which, which he was the inaugural champion. And he gave the, which I call the Rasta Shard promo the next night. But Rasta Shard, I will come back stronger than ever. And he did not. He's been saying that it was Seth's fault. It was your fault that I never became what I was supposed to be. It wasn't Vince's fault, who doesn't like little guys. And Finn isn't little, per se, right? But he says it's time. He's rocking the purple rag. He is Grape Street Crip. The whole Judgment Day rocking the Grape Street flags. Finn comes out. Seth comes out. 
the crowd sings along. Whoa. Something like that, right? Or it's more. Whoa. They start the match. They're having a good old wrestling match. I love it. They're working a headlock. Jim Cornette will be so happy. They're working a headlock. It was great. Springboard crossbody into a break as the crowd sings along to Seb's theme song. Whoa. They know what they're doing putting those in those theme songs. We love a good sing-along. To the point where we will sing Judas in full for Chris Jericho. I've done it three times this year <laughs> at AEW shows. I've been to three AEW Dynamites, and I've seen Judas three times this year. But I digress. Finn throws Seth into the corner of the announce table. Right into the, the corner of it. Looks like it hurts. They work in a dominable stretch. I love it. No one picks that move when you're picking your moves on WWE 2K, right? No one does. And if anyone knows anything about creating a wrestler on these wrestling games, that shit takes all night. You won't play to the next day. You're going to be up to one, two in the morning creating your wrestler. You got to create the moves. You got to create your entrance. And no one picks the abdominal stretch. But I love seeing it on my TV. They work the abdominal stretch. They end up on the outside. Finn hits Seth with a perfect drop kick into the barricade. Perfect. Seth flies into the barricade. Coup de gras, huh. stop, huh. pedigree, huh. flip, huh. pedigree, huh. powerbomb, two count. I wrote down these reversals in this match are amazing. They are hitting the Y button. It's great. Seth goes for that kick-ass Phoenix Splash and then gets hit with a drop kick. Which, you know, Finn will go into the coup at that point, misses it. Uh, Seth goes for the superplex falcon arrow combination from the top rope. Reversal, Y button. Into a big neck breaker, which the announcers call a 1916. Hmm. Didn't know that's what it was called. I wonder what the relevance of that year is. Two count. Another pedigree reversal spot, which looks great. Looks so good. All these reversals. Y button. Y button. You know what I'm saying? Here come Dominic Goofy ass in the rest of the Grape Street Crips. Judgment Day. Dominic jumps in, gets thrown out. Everyone starts distracting. The OC comes out and evens the odds. These motherfuckers end up in the ring. Carl and Dominic, what are you doing? They're all in the ring. The girls are in the crowd. It's a good old-fashioned. Donnie broke all of a sudden. Damien tackles Carl into the desk. It gets crazy. At this point, I'm going, Ref! Ref! Are you going to do anything? He's not good. Nothing. He just, no one's hit Seth or Finn. So technically, there's no DQ, right? But nothing. He just, it's just pandemonium, right? It would look like the... <laughs> what was the match? Not the Anarchy in the Arena. No, it was the yeah, it was the Anarchy in the Arena. <laughs> it looked like that. If you watch that 
uh, match on AEW where all the camera angles was clip, 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 clipping to all the anarchy. Yes. Ugh. Raf! I'm screaming. After all this shit, Finn rolls back into the ring. And you should know better. You don't roll or crawl into the ring when you're facing Seth freaking Rollins. Seth hits him with the Brit Breaker stomp. One, two, three. Great match, I thought, until the end, until the good old-fashioned Donnybrook. I thought it was unnecessary. They were having a good old-fashioned wrestling match. They should just let it go. But they had to show everyone that this is war because generals gathered in their masses. It's war games, guys. Theory comes out, beats Seth's ass. He is not a kid anymore. A-town down on Rollins. Gives him the who, 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 Thanos mopping the hawk. Who, 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 throws him back into the ring. Another A-town down. This is a definite restart for Austin Theory. He is not a kid anymore. He hit Seth with the United States Championship which looks amazing. I am definitely a huge belt fan. I'm waiting for them to unify the tag team championships and the world championships, which is coming. It's been reported. I'm sure there'll be a big-ass WWE logo still on them, but hopefully they're different. I just love belts. Give us a new design, please. You know? But he hits Seth with that belt. Great belt. They're pretty heavy. The show ends with Austin standing tall on folks' grave. Austin Theory is not a kid anymore. You see the beard. You see he ain't playing. Overall, great show. Overall, I think a great episode of Monday Night Raw. What about you guys? Let me know. Leave me a comment, share the podcast. This is 251 Talk Radio. Double PWS Pros Pro Wrestling Show. I will try to review these Raws, these Smackdowns, these Dynamites, Rampage, if I have to. And the PLEs and PPVs for both companies. Great show, great Raw. Flew by, you know. Um... Looking forward to see what happens on SmackDown. What we are doing with Bray and LA Knight. Yeah. You feel me? We have a message here. If you guys are listening to us right now on YouTube, Spotify, wherever you're getting this content, we are recording live, broadcasting live on the stereo app. That's right, Stereo. Go ahead and grab it on your Play Store, your Apple Music, I mean your Apple um, App Store. It is a podcasting network where you can podcast right through your phone. Although I have a full Joe Rogan setup, I had to had to get my shit right. You feel me? <laughs> Make sure we outside. Grab your phone, broadcast today. Here on Syria, you can leave me messages live and I can listen to them and play them 
and respond to them. We have a message I'm going to play real quick from Legends. Let's see what he is talking about. Legends, welcome to the show. What up, Pro Pitman? It's good to see you, my guy. Um, I think I lost your follow, but it's good to see you. Shout out to you. Great to see you back on the app. 251 Talk Radio in the building. Pro Pitman, it's your boy, Legends. Much love. Let's go. Legends, what does it do, family? I did not unfollow you. So I don't know how you lost my follow. I think Stereo was tweaking on Photon Grave. Number love, bro. Thanks for stopping by. You're showing some love. Are you a fan of pro wrestling? Do you watch Monday Night Raw? Thanks for stopping by, brother. This has been WPWS Pro's Pro Wrestling Show Raw Review for November 14th. Short and sweet. We ran through the main segments of Raw. We'll see where it goes leading towards this War Games. You guys take care of one another. Big peace from Pro Pittman. We will see you guys on the next show. We always end these shows with a peace.